I cannot tell you how lucky I feel to have been able to interview someone whose work has had such a profound shift on my perception of reality. What I experienced reading Dr. Amit Goswami's books, and I'm up to 10 now, is how it feels to come across something genuinely new and creative. In the coaching and consulting space, it happens so rarely, I kind of forgotten what it felt like. Let's find out how Dr. Goswami solved the quantum measurement problem. It's the foundation of this four-part episode series. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Defiant Business Podcast, and I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, a branding and marketing consultancy. This podcast is for the business owners and professionals who have seen the status quo in their industry and are ready to do things differently. We're here for the contrarians, mavericks, and rebels. On the Defiant Business Podcast, we'll talk about marketing, sales, client and customer experiences, finances, and amazing entrepreneur journeys that show that none of us are alone. Thank you for joining me. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special episode of the Defiant Business Podcast. I am your host, Ruthie Bowles, and I have with me today somebody that has really changed my mindset in the last few months and just my perspectives on uh, pretty much life. So I am incredibly pleased to have Dr. Amit Goswami with me today. Dr. Amit, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. So I'm going to just read off your bio real quick, just so everybody kind of understands who you are and the work that you have done and are doing. So Dr. Goswami discovered the solution to the quantum measurement problem and developed a science of experience. Yes, that's right. We're going to be talking quantum physics today. (laughs) He developed the theory of reincarnation and integrated conventional and alternative medicine within the new quantum science of health. So among his discoveries are the quantum theory of the creative process, the theory of quantum evolution, the theory of quantum economics, and the theory of quantum spirituality based on the exploration of wholeness. He is the author of numerous books, and I've read like eight of them in the last three months. Dr. Amit started the quantum activism movement, establishing a transformative education institution, the Quantum Activism Vishwalayam, the QAV, in India based on quantum science and the primacy of consciousness. Amit is a spiritual practitioner and calls himself a quantum activist in the search of wholeness. And I am so excited to have you here today. And like I mentioned before we started recording, I have a a business audience for the most part. And Dr. Amit, you've done some fantastic interviews that really dive into, you know, the the paradoxes that you've resolved within quantum physics and everything. But just to kind of give everybody a a little bit of a primer, what is the quantum measurement problem and how did you solve it? Yes, this is, of course, the basic question. When quantum physics was discovered, it was immediately realized that there is something very new, very radical about it because objects were at once proclaimed to be particles, which are localized objects. We see them like a billiard ball, grain of sand. Those are the images that we have for particles. Only elementary particles are very small. At the level of atoms and electrons, they are very, very small objects. But still, our model remains those little particles, little, very little grain of sand, like And then 
people discovered that no, they are both waves and particles. They also behave like waves because if you pass a bunch of them through two slits, a two-slitted screen, then every object goes to both slits. The object just splits up and goes to both slits, become two waves, sphere, and that's what shows on a screen. In other words, the electrons have the ability of being more than one place at a time as a wave. Whereas when we measure them, they always look like particles, only at one place at a time. So this idea eventually led to the idea that quantum objects are waves of possibility. They reside in another domain of reality, perhaps. People called it domain of potentiality. And when we measure them, then they become particles of actuality at one place. In other words, something is choosing. Maybe a force is acting and pushing them into that one position. That's one way of looking at it. But another way of looking at it is is that their agency is choosing. So John von Neumann, who was looking at this problem a very, very detailed way, this was his forte. He was a mathematician. He found that if elementary particles have this property, then it follows logically that anything made of elementary particles will also continue to have the same property. Although it will be modified, to be sure. If, if it's a large object, then the objects will not propagate very fast, but they still will have some ability of being waves of unless and until we measure. So that is the point. So what agency is converting the wave of possibility into the actuality? This is the problem. You have an electron. You try to measure it with a measurement apparatus. Measurement apparatus is coupled to the electron. For example, if you put an electron in a room and you have a whole bunch of bigger counters to measure the electron because the electron can appear as a particle anywhere in the room, that's what the theory predicts. But will all the uh, electron detectors go tick, tick, tick? They don't. One, one detector goes tick, tick, tick. So who does this? Everything is made of quantum, so everything has, has to have the quantum behavior. So how can we observe unless we have a component that has defied quantum, that has no quantum, which is what means that it is not material object because all material object got to be quantum. So for Newman's argument was that it must be observer's consciousness. But of course, if I want the electron to appear in where I am, but you are also measuring the same bunch of Geiger counters in the same room, and you want the electron in the Geiger counter in front of you, who gets to choose? I or you? There's no criteria, right? Because in what way can I say I am the one? Ruth is not the one. Or what way are you? Oh, I am the one. Amit is not the one. Who gets to choose? So this is a paradox, and this paradox nobody could solve. And there is another aspect of it which gave me the hint, which is that Einstein, Podolsky, and Rosen, through great scientists, they discovered that in the domain of potentiality, if two objects interact by coming close, they acquire a condition called correlation. They become correlated. What that means is that even if they separate, they will continue to have instant communication ability. 
Instant communication means communication without signal because signals take a finite time and has to travel a little bit of space. They have a speed limit, in other words. These objects are able to communicate instantly. That's what the theory says. So what that means is that these objects really are becoming one. This is what I observe. If two objects can communicate at once, it really makes sense. I can only communicate with myself at once. I cannot communicate with you at once in space and time. So the two objects become one. It's a sort of a potential oneness. So the domain of potentiality is a potential oneness. Put the two things together. So if our consciousness is doing it from the domain of potentiality, which is a oneness, then it makes us is actually a oneness. All of us belong to the same consciousness. Now, this is something that spiritual traditions have been saying for millennia. <laughs> every spiritual tradition in every country. In India, that is that's where first it happened, but then Laozi in China, Socrates in Greece, in the Kabbalah in the Middle East, and Jesus, of course. So uh, Buddha, so all these people have been saying the same thing. Muhammad again, all the all these people are saying consciousness is one at the ultimate level of reality. Consciousness is the ground of being. So I just rediscovered that truth through quantum measurement theory. If consciousness is one, then how you and I choose is irrelevant. We are not choosing from the ego. We are choosing from that place where we are connected, that potential unity. This is the solution of the vision problem and, and all the paradoxes. There is just not one paradox, this paradox of who gets to choose. There are other paradoxes. I painstakingly solved each one of these paradoxes published a book called Self-Aware Universe on it and a paper before that. And it, it, it was a wonderful, wonderful expansion of consciousness for me. And anyone who reads that book always have told me that my view of the world completely changed. Except, of course, the staunch materialist scientists who believe to come to an axe to grind. So they very reluctant to believe that consciousness can be one because they have refused any validity to religion by declaring that matter is everything. And we know that matter is not that way. Matter has no unity underneath, except the quantum paradox. Matter doesn't show any problem with these ideas so long as we stay in the macro level of reality, Newtonian objects. So, you know, this is the problem. And of course, ordinarily, we experience consciousness in the ego, and that is very constricted consciousness, conditioned consciousness. The conditioning makes it appear like we don't have the infinite potentiality to choose from. But we can still have some choice. We should realize that the quantum behavior completely does not go away. It goes away to a substantial extent. And that is our clue. We can say no to our behavior. If we start saying no, follow it up with creativity, we get to new ideas. We are not exactly incapable of choosing the new. We will choose the new all the time. People are creative. That's how we discovered science. That's how we discovered spirituality. That's how we discovered anything. Capitalism, democracy, all these are big creative discoveries. Everything on the part of the discoverer. And it takes creativity also to understand those systems. 
So how can we say that we are conditioned machine-like beings? And yet this materialist insists even to this day. This polarization that you see today in society is due to the stubbornness of this uh, materialist. So I'm just one more person who will say that reading the self-aware universe changed everything. I had long felt like that it wasn't religion or spirituality versus science. I felt like science, the beauty and intricacies and the patterns of science to me lined up perfectly with spirituality and religion. And when I read the self-aware universe, when I first, when I heard the first podcast episode of yours that I listened to, and then I read the self-aware universe, you expressed so elegantly things that I, I feel like I knew on a very intuitive level for a really long time. And it just, it changed everything. And I've heard you talk about this before, but every time I, I read it, every time I listen to it, and, and even now you speaking it, it feels so fresh every single time. And I think it's because it what you're saying does express a very deep truth that I think a lot more people are becoming aware of and not just accepting what we've been told. Because I took physics in school and they never mentioned anything about quantum physics. It was all Newtonian physics. But yes, yeah, so just thank you so much for that. And I do... For everyone listening, I highly recommend that you uh, check out the Self-Aware Universe or any of, of Dr. Goswami's books. Like I said, I've read quite a few and they are all amazing. And I'm looking forward to reading your entire catalog and then just staying up to date as you release new books, Dr. Goswami. All right. I know that might have felt a little bit dense. But seriously, go check out more of Dr. Goswami's guest podcast episodes. He's been interviewed many times. And look into his books if you found this at all interesting. Believe it or not, this shift has incorporated heavily into the foundation of my personal brand work with clients. Remember, there are three more episodes in this series, so definitely stick around and check those out. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Defy the Status Quo Biz, and the link is in this episode's description. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.